my favorite thing to do is take mental models and apply them to different situations. And if you don't have a good point of view and how it works from a non-product standpoint, you got a problem. If you're doing that, I'm sorry, don't do that change. It's, it's not good. Welcome to Make Them Famous, the podcast about partner enablement. The only podcast to uncover both how partner teams enable their partners and how other department leaders enable their partner teams to achieve success. Welcome back to the show. Alex here, your host, and very, very excited for this episode. Now, this episode started as one thing and it turned into another. I'll explain here. So I had a call scheduled, a recording scheduled, sorry, for an hour with the VP of channel and the CMO of AirMe. Now I invited the CMO, Mark Killens, but I did not invite the VP of channel. Total bonehead move, super embarrassing. So as I'm going through this call today, I'm doing my typical routine of let's reschedule, but let me at least get to know you a little bit while we have the time. And while I'm going through my prep with Mark, I'm learning a little bit about his background. If you don't know Mark, this is Mark. Great follow on LinkedIn. And as we get through his older experience, uh, not too old, but January 19, uh, back uh, early days at HubSpot, I start to realize that Mark just so happens to be the expert on academies, certifications, user and partner training. The reason why I believe that is because HubSpot Academy, for those of you who aren't familiar, is widely believed to be the most successful academy certification user and partner training program ever in SaaS. And um, it is now 70 total people running that program. Mark started it by himself. And he has a tremendous amount of wisdom to share around what it takes to set up, sell internally, build out, and all of the strategies and advice that he could possibly give us around building an academy. And I thought to myself, you know, this is actually a pain point many partner managers have. It wasn't the original intention of this recording, and we actually did reschedule the original podcast recording, which is more related to co-marketing and interdepartmental alignment. But this is what I wanted to talk to him about today. And I asked him, hey, we have 30 minutes. Do you mind if we get this recorded? And this recording that you'll hear turns out to be one of the more insightful conversations I've had in a very long time. So please take three minutes to listen to two of these uh, sponsors, Partner Enablement Technology, then take about 30 minutes to listen to Mark teach us exactly how to set up a successful academy for your SaaS, whether you're going to use it for user training or for partner training, and he gives us all of his tips. It is gold. Thank you and enjoy. Well, we could not make this podcast famous without help from our sponsors. For sponsorship, we looked to three platforms that help you find, activate, enable, and manage your partner program. These three tools may be the only tools that you'll need to effectively run partnership. The tools in question are Reveal for account mapping and running co-selling operations, Partner Stack, for scaling a multi-tiered commission-centric program, and Partner Hub 
for working closely day-to-day with MSPs, managed service providers. Partner Stack probably needs no, in, no introduction, excuse me. They work with top tech companies like Monday.com, Unbounced, Intercom, and Webflow. And it's a company that we recommend when you are ready to scale your commission-centric, usually a multi-tiered partner program. Check out partnerships, I'm sorry, partner stack to scale partnerships. Revealed, again, when you're ready to really get into the revenue operation of partnerships, that means that you want to map accounts, see what the overlap is, see who I'm targeting that you're also targeting, see who I'm targeting that you're not targeting, and come up with a strategy to get those accounts into my pipeline, into your pipeline, and to build that pie, that bigger and bigger pie together. Oftentimes, you'll invite a partner to an account mapping solution that has a paywall too early, which is prohibitive for a lot of uh, the target audiences that our partner programs are after, the digital agencies. Uh, If you invite them to reveal, you can trust that they won't hit a paywall. There's 360 account mapping UI in reveal for free and it is at reveal.co. Finally, Partner Hub. Again, it's a partner operations platform. Partnerships has a lot going on. Who's doing what at what stage in the partnership are the questions that many of my partner managers ask themselves. Partner Hub is here to solve for what are we doing with partnerships? Who's doing what? Where are our partners? And if we need to find more, are we able to go and shop for more partners? Partner Hub answers all of those questions with yes, and it is free. It's free for top tech companies like Apollo, AudioWise, Smith, Growbots, Recart, Customer.io, and it's free for digital agencies like Hawk Media, Trellis, Aptitude A, Creative Trends. A lot of these tech companies and agencies use Partner Hub to find and align with each other, MSP, managed service provider, digital agency, as well as SaaS tech companies. So check it out, partnerhub.app. And again, thank you for listening. I'll let you get back to the show. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Mark was actually scheduled to do a podcast. Uh, The other person that we had uh, planned to do this podcast with, I forgot to add them to the podcast. So that's my blunder. But I asked Mark if he doesn't mind talking us through a academy or training or um, certification program strategy, because if you don't know Mark, I'll give him a sec to introduce himself. Mark was the first person tasked with building out the HubSpot Academy, which is our shining light example of the most successful, I'd say, SaaS at least contemporary SaaS certification training, just the the amount of um, involvement from the HubSpotters out there. It's, it's incredible. So um, I wanted to hear what Mark would do if he was, and he's on the marketing side now, but if he was a partner manager and his CEO said, uh, let's, let's do a, let's do a training program and uh, how we'd go about thinking about budget and what he would do first, second, third. But before we get into that, Mark, uh, do a quick um, boilerplate introduction and your experience from way back. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me uh, do this kind of quick session. Uh, I am now the CMO at Aramit. 
can see it right behind me, actually, if I point correctly. Um, we're a uh, event experience cloud. We're the first ever event experience cloud. So we help uh, businesses of all types and sizes host more events. It could be training events, learning and development. We have a lot of customers doing that. Um, we actually have like SAP and HP doing all of their um, sales enablements, uh, a lot of their sales enablement with uh, with Aramid, all the way to like virtual events and, you know, hybrid events, things like that. Uh, I've done this academy type thing kind of twice. We're going to do it again at Aramid in a different way. Every time we do it, it we, 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 I want to do it differently. So yeah, Academy version 1.0 was HubSpot. Academy version 2.0 was Drift Insider. Uh, and then there'll be soon to be version three with Aramid. Oh, okay. So um, this is the conversation. So we have a bunch of partner managers, partner teams that um, have different perceptions on how to go about setting up a certification program, at least a product training program um, to get their partners more affiliated with the different feature benefits of the product. Now, then they get into the conversation of whether they wrap that into a, a certification program. Then they snowball a rabbit hole into an LMS. And um, what we hear tends to happen is that's where they they kind of get into that internal scope creep scenario where they've kind of overblown the idea a little bit. And they've kind of said, shoot, now I need an LMS. And then they shop for LMSs. Now I need budget for that. And oh, it looks like we're going to need 12 classes or they've got this huge outline for what they think they need. And then they realize like, I don't have anyone to record all this. And then they think, oh, well, now I got to edit that, which means they got to outsource it. And then they go get bids from some agency. And I've gotten requests. Uh, Pipe Drive, actually, they they were talking to us about doing this for them, recording all the Pipe Drive how-to videos and all this stuff. And uh, I think they get into like that, that rabbit hole a little too deep. And I think they could backtrack a little bit and say, no, what is the first stepping stone to doing this. So what did you do at HubSpot? What was the conversation internally? How did it start? What were some of the first things you guys decided to do and why? Well, yeah, the idea came to me because I was a HubSpot customer in 2008, 2009, 2010. So, you know, that you know, you have to you have to have major empathy for when you're building something like this, meaning you really have to classic kind of phrase is put yourself in the shoes of the customer. Um so I, I was a HubSpot customer. I was like, hmm, HubSpot's doing a lot of good things with content, a lot of good things on the you know top, middle of the funnel. But like when it comes to customers, they can be doing a lot better to educate them, uh, engage them, and, and help them actually get more value from the software plus inbound marketing at the time. Uh, so I came in with this idea within a few months of me joining, we started an experiment called Content Camp. And the first three months was three months of uh, a different topic. It was blogging, landing pages, and email marketing. Um, and we did three or four uh, cohort, if you will, based uh, training sessions, one in October, November, December, about each of those topics. And we had thousands of people attend. It was crazy, right? The internet was way different back in 2010. And I was like, whoa, the response was tremendous. People were like, yeah, this is amazing. Love it. You know, we had people from the marketing team participate. I brought in different guests. So like, number one, you know, I think what you're saying is people are way overthinking this even today, right? So my my motto is ship it, learn, ship it again. So the first thing you should do is, is a lot of live type of training to test your ideas, test your hypothesis, uh, bring in guests, uh, both inside your company, outside your company to be the, the teachers, to be the experts, get that feedback. And the next most important thing you can do when you're trying to like build it from a more on-demand asynchronous learning, which by the way, I, I wouldn't purely do that anymore. I would always try to have some type of live 
component to it, if you can, is to do backwards planning, which is a very academic way to say, what is this person or these people that go through this should be able to do at the end of it? So we follow, or we follow it, I still follow it, Bloom's Taxonomy. And Bloom's, Bloom's Taxonomy is six layers, and it's all about the pursuit of mastery. At the highest level of Bloom's Taxonomy, it's create. At the bottom, it's remember. And what you're really trying to do is, is map you know, a, a person, a student, a whomever, will be able to dot, 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 dot at the end of this thing. These verbs map to these stages of Bloom's taxonomy. And as you teach, you want to map those verbs into the, the uh, outcomes you're trying to get people to do. So yeah, they've changed it, right? Remember, understand, apply, analyze. That's the one I like, right? That's the one I like. And then there's the verbs that, that go along with it. Um, in the beginning, you know, if you're, if you're just doing a basic kind of 101 type course, you're just trying to get people in those first two levels, typically. Remember, remember and understand. And you don't have to do, again, those videos. You, you, know, you can, like, Step one and two is, is is do it live, get feedback, and, and then start to plan it with the end in mind. This is killer. Okay. So this is more than I bargained for. I like this. I, I don't know when I came across this. I think it was probably in some college course, but these are some of the like first, you know, first principles of things that we often kind of forget. And, you know, we all we all had different experiences in college and some of the stuff we probably should have hung on to. So I love it when um, somebody brings up something like, yeah, you know what? I, I actually should apply that principle to what I'm doing. I don't know why I haven't. This is a perfect example. So you're saying is, you know, before you get into apply, analyze, evaluate, and, 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 and kind of pushing your students, your partners, um, towards this by doing a comprehensive course that honestly, human accountability, we won't do it is what happens typically, or we'll phone it in and just do the bare minimum to get the certification, but uh, what you're saying is, okay, well, let's start with, let's let's prove the concept of what end goal we want to have a few live sessions that help reach that end goal. And then another thing that I think you mentioned uh, with those first three classes, or at least those three fundamentals of the landing page content and, and one other, you're not talking about features of HubSpot. You're not saying how to use HubSpot CMS to build a landing page. You're saying, no, let's talk about why should we create a landing page as opposed to just have website, you know, blog, et cetera. And yes, we happen to have a landing page builder. So of course we're going to use that as the example, but the the end goal is the class, not the feature, right? Is that so? Well, the, no, the, the end goal is, is what you want people to either remember, understand, analyze, apply, create, right? It blooms taxonomy, right? So it's more about like you write the, you can write each class or if you have a course that's made up of multiple classes, whatever, like you end, you write it with the end in mind. That's how you create the content, create the, uh, the experience, right? What, what you're kind of getting at is, um, you were kind of conflating a few things. Like one is you're getting at like, what's the outcome you want maybe like the business to achieve. That's, that's different than the student, right? So you actually should, of course, uh, take note of both. But the thing you were just getting at, which is something that we definitely created HubSpot that I use till this day, it's called the teaching framework. And it's a why, it's taking the why, how, what mental model. My favorite thing to do is take mental models and apply them to different situations and sometimes even combine mental models into, into different ways of thinking about things, you know, problems or solutions. And so why, how, what very classic mental model, the why in this case, when we think about teaching, it's like, well, why does this matter? Why do you care? Why should you spend time learning about it? So articulate the why and the why can have different 
meanings of different people. You know, it, the why can be unpacked in a few different ways. It could be quick. It could be elongated in terms of how you explain it. But the why is definitely important. The why is is the sales piece of this all, right? The how is how does this work from a, a non-product standpoint? And if you don't have a good point of view and how it works from a non-product standpoint, you got a problem. Because that's in, in many ways, that's like your original thought leadership. Uh, so if you don't have a good how, there. you're kind of... What would be a how from a non-product standpoint? Example. Inbound marketing, Inbound. conversational marketing, event-led growth. Those broad ways to think about it, right? Uh, or an original thought on how you do like, you know, building, you know, a landing page and you, and you, you name it, label it something, right? It's, it's there's, a, there's a process, a, a mental model typically for the how. And then it's the what, like, what do you, what, what do you use? What tools with the how to get to the why? So that's simple. Why plus how equals why. And what you need to do is make sure you teach a lot with examples, right? Here's an example of this how in action. Here's an example of how, what this looks like. Here's an example of what these two things look like together. And by the way, here's what the outcome looks like. And by the way, the outcome is the why in many cases. Uh, so it completes the picture for someone. Uh, so that's definitely like a third thing, third, fourth, whenever you want to do a thing you should do because the best, the best uh, education hits upon all three of those things. You know, if you only teach the what, you're not giving people enough context and information to actually maybe want to learn it, maybe understand why they should learn it, understand the end goal, the outcome, et cetera. You really got to teach and explain all three. I was just taking some notes here. So this would be a killer strategy for anyone listening. It's like, I don't overthink it, obviously. Start with the end goal in mind, build underneath that end goal. How are you going to, uh, well, why? And then how are you going to put this together? And then what meaning, okay, well, maybe your tool is a part of this component. Maybe it's this part. Maybe you need these other parts. Maybe it's the whole thing. And and then you create a course that they are bought into or a class. Let's just call it a class for now. You create a class that they're bought into why they're going to show up to the class or at least take part in it. And then there is a business case under the class, which is, yes, you're going to mention how your product enables the why? Am I thinking about that? I said kind? another way. It's like the why is the problem, the how is the solution, the what is the features. I always say the best content marketers are great product marketers. Yeah, it really can't be more true. Okay. So then back to the HubSpot um, timeline or not even timeline, but just the phases of this approach. Love that you mentioned start with uh, scheduled recordings with an expert or somebody that they would probably want to hear from over just your partner manager or Somebody internally, yeah. or maybe it could you be someone. You not want your partner manager just teaching this. That is going to be terrible. Don't do terrible. That. I will say that. If you're doing that, I'm sorry. Don't do that. Change it. It's not good. Okay, so we start with pre-recording. Let's just say hypothetically, perfect example. We just did our accelerator. We start with a an end goal of you kind of go through this accelerator and you learn a whole bunch of stuff. Great. Each class uh, is a progression. Uh, the weeks are kind of segmented. Of this week, you're going to learn this. This week, you're going to learn this. Uh, we record everything. We house it in one place where future students can come back and watch all the sessions at once and get more or less the same education. But the success that you guys had was really in, at least in the beginning, was, you know, let's do live trainings and then record them. And did those end up doing what we did where those were housed in an LMS of sorts afterwards? Or what did you do with the recordings? Yeah, yeah, we built our own LMS because we're HubSpot and, and I was able to broker with the product team that this was a good idea to build in-house and 
in hindsight, it was a very good idea. I think a lot of LMSs suck, number one. And number two, you'll only probably use ever 30, 40, 50% of it. So I, I don't think you jumped to buy an LMS. I mean, at, at even Drift, we, we did not buy an LMS. We built our own through a WordPress website, some plugins and some custom coding. Um, yeah, LMS, you don't need an LMS. You could, you could build this with WordPress and HubSpot now um, with the right templates and plugins and whatever they have in their, their marketplaces. Um, so that's that. So like, yeah, keep it scrappy. Um, you, have to, you also have to ask yourself, like, what's the scale of you trying to certify people if you want to go the certification route? Is it like two people a month? Is it 200 people? Is it thousands? And that will dictate some of these requirements as well. And it's like, how do you certify them? Like the assessment is is a good question. Is it a, is it test-based? Is it practicum with tests? Is it just practicum? Is it outcome-based with those two things? There's a lot of different ways you can assess someone's um, re- thing, like learning. And I think that's the, learning is, is a loaded term, like community and content, because like you say, well, I'm gonna, we're going to help people learn. It goes back to Bloom's taxonomy. Are they, what, not, not only like, what are they learning, but are they trying to remember something and or understand something or analyze something? Like learning is too generic. If you say, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach someone something or learn something," like, well, at what depthness and to what degree do you want them to then be able to take said learning and potentially do something with it? Are they gonna just be able to like tell it to someone else, or are they gonna be able to actually create create an original thought or idea or thing from the learning, which is at the highest level of Bloom's taxonomy? So. You know, this gets a little bit deeper into this stuff. The best content creation takes this into account as well, right? At the same time, right? A good podcast, a a good piece of content always thinks about what are you trying to get this person uh, to do and feel. Feel is a little bit different than do. They're definitely connected because, you know, when you do something, you feel something. So fine. Um, But yeah, I just, I I feel like that was one of our secrets of Sweat Academy and secrets of a lot of the content that I've been able to create with people in the past is because we take those things into account. Okay. This is, this is killer. So uh, devil's advocate. Um, I'm a overworked partner manager. I've been tasked with creating this um, program. Now uh, there's definitely some deep rabbit holes that you mentioned. Don't go down that route. It's too early for you. LMS, you may never need it. I think the, the idea there again, devil's advocate is, um, everybody has this glorified perception of what their program should be and would be and could be, but 99% of programs never get there, which is scaled, scaled out, blown out, like think about the HubSpots of the world and we're going to be there, right? But you got to be a little more realistic. But they think about like, why would I spend my time doing something that isn't going to scale? You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm going to put something in a course fashion and be able to market it as a certification... I want to be able to turn this over to thousands of people tomorrow, which means I probably need something structured and whatever. So that's the first question you're, you're shaking your head. So we've got some, some immediate things there. And then the second thing is structuring the course itself. What you guys did at HubSpot, I think is something most companies that are smart have tried to emulate, which I believe was splitting the courses into half about HubSpot. Maybe, I don't know what the ratio was, but the other half about what the agency should do operationally sales marketing to be a better agency, not, not related to HubSpot, maybe just be a better agency so that if we give you a HubSpot certification, you can sell it and you're getting more customers and you're, you're selling yourselves. You're able to just do more for us, which means we're going to help you do that. I think that was just brilliant 
Most companies don't do that. So those two things, what should um, you think about and why shouldn't you think about scaling the program? And then number two is what should the ratio of content be that's been good for you guys and, and worked well for HubSpot and any other experience you've had? Scaling the program has got to be thought about your business, like, you know, growth goals. What, what does your business want to look like in one year, three year, five year? Like if you're just trying to flip this business, like why do you care about scale if you're trying to sell it in three years? Like, I mean, maybe you do because maybe it's like going to be a really important part of the valuation of the business. So then definitely take that into account. But are you talking like, hundreds of people in the next three years is it thousands you know what what is the what is it what does the universe look like so that kind of gets into your sam obviously Tom, um your growth rate right now the penetration and also just what are people asking for like at HubSpot, it was very clear people wanted this stuff like it was like you know we we knew it was a good idea but then like our partners and customers are saying why don't you have certifications why don't you have training like okay cool this is gonna be you know something that's definitely gonna be valuable to them so you gotta think about when you build your content education and build anything like this, it, it, it always has to tie back to how do you want to grow the business and where do you think the business should be in X amount of time frame? So that has to be tied at the hip. Um, LMS, you, you don't need an LMS. Like we built everything in-house in, in Drift. Drift has, I think, over 65,000 Drift Insider members. And I think they just moved to an LMS four plus years after. So yeah, you could run it for three, four years. It's going to be fine. And then fine, fine, then you build an LMS. Like, you know, <laughs> think... think uh, you know, MVP, yeah, minimal viable product. I, I don't know why people think they need something um, when they usually don't need it. Unless you're talking already, you're coming into it with the scale of hundreds, hundreds of people a month, like 100 to 200 people a month, you know, 300. Then you need something. But even if you're like 20, 30 people a month, you could just use Typeform. You could just use something like Typeform and, and just grade it manually. How long would that take to grade something? Like not long at all. Like So anyway, I... You got to really think about this, right? Especially in this type of like economic situation. And um, yeah, I think people make mistakes just overthinking things. So to go back to first principles. And then the question about um, the split. Yeah, you definitely don't want to just talk about yourself. That's that's crap. Like, why do you want to talk about yourself? Even when you talk about yourself, the best people to talk about yourself is your customers or your partners. So if you're the one doing the teaching only of your of your you know software and stuff, yeah, you should have that because there's hopefully really great, smart, energetic, passionate people teaching others about your software. But if it's only those people, um, it's, that's like a big mistake because who are they going to listen to the most? They're going to listen to people that they trust more than you, which is other customers, partners, uh, people that are less biased than you. That's human nature. So uh, yeah, you know, definitely, definitely have that, but then definitely have a lot of content education that's about the thought leadership, about the how, about the why, uh, to go along with it. Okay, killer, killer, killer. Uh, and then uh, outsourcing versus insourcing, uh, tasking this off. I mean, what? Try to pull as many customers in as possible. When did you ever outsource to an agency? Did you? What are the never outsourced to an agency? Never. Um, in both companies. Never going to do that. I don't like, I don't think you should outsource this stuff. Um, you don't need, you don't, you, you don't need, you need people, one or two people to, at the bare minimum to, who really believe in this and who love, who love what they're trying to teach to other people. You know, if the passion is not, the passion's not there, then it's not going to work. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I, 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 that is the most important thing when it comes to content education. Think back to your 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 favorite teachers. 
Why did you love those people? If you really unpack it, I can almost guarantee you it's because they loved and believed in so much what they were teaching and, and loved the act of teaching, but also loved the subject matter. Uh, and you just, that created this connection with you. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Well, sub, uh, sub question underneath that question. What if the agency is a user of the product and they do love the product? Would you contract? Perfect. Would you pay an agency that is a user, a power user of the product to do the videos? Uh, I mean, maybe. I mean, then how do you update the videos? How do you scale them? Like, how do you keep them like maintained? Like, you know, you're going to, it's, it's, it gets complicated, right? When you do that. Uh, I mean, how much is it, how much does an agency cost? No offense agencies versus an in-house person. Long-term, the in-house person will be cheaper if you find the right person. So you want someone to own it for at least what the first year, you know, own the. You want to own it forever. This should be a huge driver of lifetime value, net revenue retention, new leads, pipeline. This should be. Oh, they've got their own OKRs. They've got their own. Yeah, yeah. This is you know HubSpot Academy. That 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 is like one of the top three ways HubSpot acquires members these days. It's it's, it's free product HubSpot Academy in the blog. That's basically the secret right there. Um, same adrift in many ways, you know, it's, yeah. So. Okay. Uh, pricing, uh, putting a price on it. And when you go to some of these. Don't, things, don't, unless you're like, have right. to do not price any, give it away for free. Why would you, why would you price it? I guess. Yeah. I, I had to pay for Airtable training from some of my team members and uh, Zendesk training. I think too, we got off of Zendesk or almost off of Zendesk, thankfully, but that was, uh, <laughs> I had to pay for those. They weren't free. Um, I thought that was weird. It's a philosophical thing. You know, in, you know we, I remember talking to Brian Dermesh about this many times and we're always like, no, nope, we should always just do it for free. I'm yeah, glad we did. Uh, it's a brand thing. It's a reach thing. It's a, it's a many benefits. And do you have to be a HubSpot user? I don't even know this. Do you have to be a HubSpot user to get into the Academy? Like have a- No, only, only partners really have special access to things. Most of it is completely open to anyone. So anyone. I go in and take some how to be a- a better content marketing agency in HubSpot's Academy. Anybody can. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, again, like for HubSpot partners, like there's some special access stuff and that's like, that's like that team is like 10 people now, probably somewhere between five and 10. That's just focused on partner content and training and education. Uh, shout out to Kevin Dunn, but uh, no, I mean, the vast majority is free. And that when I was, you know, there that those final few months, it was like 20, 25,000 people a month signing up. Okay. Okay. And that was like five years ago. <laughs> Make it free. Task somebody that is passionate about that project and also passionate about the software, hopefully. <laughs> if you, they're not passionate about the software, hopefully. Well, pa no, passionate about the software, but passionate about the mission of the company, the brands, like um, software. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But like believe in what this goes back to like, do you have a point of view as a business or are you just slinging software? If you're slinging software, good luck. I mean, it's a, that's a tough, tough, it's tough. Okay. So ROI of this, when should I, you mentioned uh, when people are asking to be trained. So hypothetically, I have a pretty robust piece of software, but a small team, let's say 20 to 50 people. Is this something that maybe the CEO should lead and handle when they have a small team, if they're getting requests for it? Uh, I definitely should be the marketing leader doing it. I mean, I, I, I believe this is definitely a marketing function. I think this type of function lives in marketing, should always live in marketing. It initially started not in marketing, but then we moved into the marketing team at, at HubSpot. It started in marketing adrift. Um, you know, anything education-wise should be a marketing function, in my opinion. It should closely work with the other teams, of course, but marketing really is this like 
arbiter of the customer experience and of like trying to create exponential value to the different functions of an organization. At least that's the way I view marketing these days. And uh, yeah, this should sit in marketing. So if it's a small team, it's the marketing leader and whatever they they have at their disposable disposal to help with this. Oh, I love it. I love it. Marketing should own it, even if there are, even if it's purposed for upskilling partners, because the partnership team are the ones that tend to want the academy or the training program more than other departments. Isn't channel one of the most, I mean, it was one of your pipeline sources, right? You, you have inbound, outbound by AE or BDR, you have outbound by, or you've channel, you've channel, right? you like four sources of pipeline, right? At the end, so it's like, mark, yeah, marketing should own it, you know? Okay. And then uh, what are your favorite programs uh, that you've seen since you left HubSpot? Do you have any that you say, hey, man, they did a really good job? Uh, Academy. I don't stay as close to it as I probably you know, have in the past because I, I focus more on the marketing side of dis- different disciplines of marketing. I'm a CMO now. I will say that you should check out this, the people listening should check out sasacademyadvisors.com. So SAS. the three of my founding team members on, on HubSpot Academy now run this business called sasacademyadvisors.com. And uh, it would behoove you to check that out and probably talk to them. <clears throat> that is a great domain for keyword rank. <laughs> that is one of the... Yeah, they kind of know what they're doing, right? They're, they're, they know, the early days of Sarah, Chris, and Lindsay. Is yeah. that it? These guys right here, I'm going to share my screen real quick. And then uh, this has been freaking killer. These guys? Yes. Yes. So so Sarah and Chris were the first uh, two people I, I officially hired when we got official funding in 2012 for HubSpot Academy. And Lindsay was a, an early next hire, definitely within the top 10. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they, they know way more about this than I do. And they have... Uh, they got a lot, lot to teach people, and they're paying you royalties. I assume monthly. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> what? No, no. This is this they is owe just, you. They owe you royalties. Great people. No. I, I owe them. I owe them. No, no, no. <clears throat> no, that's killer. I mean, you built. Yeah, I mean, they built a business off of the stuff that you guys did. This is smart. So these guys, I would hire if I wanted to build out an academy internally. This, these are strategic. Yeah. Advice. They're, they're going to probably say the same thing. I they say they're going to say a lot of the same things I just said. Like, don't outsource this. Like, you know, yeah, in house it. Like, if you're going to outsource something, out, outsource the strategy. These people will help you develop your f- first course, and you know they they've worked with some of the top top brands in SaaS to do that already. So, I mean, if you're going to get anyone to help you with this, why not go to the source of the HubSpot? partner training academy or training academy oh my god i didn't know that existed this is incredible um so hopefully we get some business their way from this because yeah a lot of SaaS companies they're still even if they listen to this they're gonna you know outsource it well, let's be honest they're going to at least sorry maybe not outsource the whole thing but they're gonna need help they're gonna need a lot of help so these guys are the ones that can help you they'll probably not record the videos they would tell you the same things that you told you find someone internally to um, own it. And then they'll work with that person to train them on what to do with the videos and how to position the course and all the strat- strategic stuff there. Uh, killer. That is, I'll link to that make sure to add this to Slack real quick. Um, so then just to recap the final tips there, um, uh, this should live under marketing is the uh, tips uh, or at least the advice um, if you can start your LMS, uh, start without an LMS, you may never need it. Uh, make it free. 
the owner of the project should be passionate about the company's missions, values, goals, and have at least you know a good understanding of the product, but they can bring in experts. So if you have a class, maybe they're the host, and then each class, they either handle it themselves, or if it's pretty complex, maybe they need one of the experts, and then you can dip into your uh, agency um, Rolodex for, for an expert, or maybe pull in a head of sales from internal department. Um, split the content half and half, maybe half about the product, half about being a better blank, maybe. Yeah. Um, or yep. find some way to weave those together, but just don't make the entire thing all about your, uh, all about yourself. And um, and then promotion and, and making it a part of just another channel for marketing. Just make it make it something that you guys aren't just going to use to certify and upskill your partners and your users, but make it something that can be its own potentially really high traffic and conversion source for your SaaS. So look at it like that, not just like bury it in yeah, some look, subdomain. Look at it to, to de decrease CAC and increase LTV. Oh, I love it. Uh, very cool. Well, uh, Mark, I think this is going to be a podcast before the next podcast. So <laughs> you're going to hopefully listen to this whole thing. And now we're going to have Mark back with his new VP of channel, I believe is her something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, channel, uh, channel sales and partnerships, Rhonda. She's fantastic. And Airmeet is coining, you guys are coining a, um, a strategy, a term, event. What is it again? Yeah, event-led growth. I mean, there's all these like led growths, right? Like I, I did a LinkedIn post about this the other day. You know, there's there's like, there's actually partner-led growth, uh, which I'm sure you believe in. There's community-led growth. There's content-led growth. There's uh, sales-led growth, um, product-led growth, and then event-led growth. I think there's like six. There, there, I mean, I, mean, I might have missed one. Um, and then content-led is like inbound marketing. Sales-led is like your traditional outbound, like, you know, literally door knocking. Um, and then like the three newest ones are really partner-led, community-led and event-led and then product that came out you know recently in the last 15 years um but they all i think the greatest companies use all so if you look at salesforce uh maybe not salesforce because they don't really use product-led if you look at hubspot they HubSpot do all six excellent they do everything you know so so that's that's what i would i would say that you know most companies should strive to do but like yeah we can we can talk more about that later <clears throat> let's do it i'm excited about that podcast we'll see you i uh, believe in a couple of weeks we'll get that recorded so hang tight everyone we'll publish this asap because we have some people that need this and then we'll uh look out for a couple weeks from now uh, we'll have mark back mark pleasure man thank you for all the value all these resources and um we'll see you in a couple of weeks sounds good thanks alex